Good morning. Welcome to the Weekly Roundtable. C-SPAN here. Two quick announcements uh, this week. Number one, if you haven't signed up for the F310 year, you're on the fence, get off the fence, just get signed up, just go for it. It's going to be a great event. Um, the agenda's out there. Just uh, I can't encourage you enough. I think it's going to be one of the coolest things F3's put on in a long time. So, Number two, uh, iron packs. And uh, before we hit record, I was complaining about being sore this week. If you have never done iron packs, um, all you got to do, there's a, uh, there's a roundtable from a few weeks ago. You can go in and kind of listen if you don't understand what it is or you're just not participating. But basically, it's a really tough workout kind of thing, CrossFit wide that we're all doing. Um, it's a blast. Did it with 21 of my friends in Metro on um, Wednesday. I'm just encouraging you to do it. It's a fun way to do it. It's also just a, you know, normally there are tough workouts. And if you're a first up guy, this is just something we do every September. It's terrible. Log your times, get your region involved, and uh, get after it. So next thing, got one of my friends in. And um, we're just going to start with easy stuff first. Lindbergh, who EH'd you? How long have you been doing F3? Uh, so... Uh... I've been doing F3 for since uh, July of last year, and Rhonda EH'd me. I was actually reaching out to him to start a dad's group at our kids' school, and he just said, hey, I'm a part of this men's workout group. You should come check it out. That was on a Thursday, and then Saturday I was there, and I was like, wow, this is it. I've been looking for this group. So that's how I got got brought in. Yeah, and now um – you're part of the St. Louis phenomenon, and uh, and a shout out to Rhonda because I, he's EH'd a ton of really high impact men, and so I got to just shout out to the guy because he he gets it. Um, the other thing I'm I'm just going to say, St. Louis is another um, is a region that's just rapidly accelerating, and it's somebody who's been there, um, you know, a year or whatever. Give the listeners just a couple things that St. Louis is doing, so it, as because I, I love your perspective as being somebody who hasn't been there since the launch, but you're somebody who came in after it was going a little bit. Give them a couple things as an FNG that just impressed you so much and why you want to be part of the group. Wow, there were a lot of things. Uh, I think the excellence and uh, just the, you know, it's kind of an over overused word, but the acceleration of the group. And GMO, I think it just kind of taken over as I was starting or – uh, you know, thereabouts, and uh, so I don't know what transpired prior, per se, you know, with the various leadership, but uh, he does and did demand excellence from the guys, and so that just created uh, an openness for and expectation for everybody to do their best. Um, so, you know, that's really what I want to be a part of, be a part of uh, just impacting men in the community, um, and when I, you know, just something that I've always, you know, kind of thought of in one way, but heard Dredd say it another way, and that is that, you know, the solution to a bad man is not no man, it's a good man. And so what I've always thought about is that, you know, men are the leading indicator for everything good and bad in society. And so when I saw this group of men getting together, working out, uh, leadership development, all of that, I just had to, I mean, I just jumped in with both feet. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Because I, um, you know, if you're a podcaster and you're listening, um, I think these you guys in St. Louis get it. And I, um, 
I'm hoping the rest of the, you know, the rest of the nation is picking up, or I, I kind of, you know, when I say nation, I mean worldwide. You guys are all picking up on, uh, they're, they're pushing each other forward. Like, uh, the whole region's moving forward because each man is, you know, he's, he's running as fast as he can and he's pulling his brothers with him. So, um, I guess we're going to transition right into today's topic. So if you're a listener, uh, today's topic is complicated, and we're going to both share a little bit about what's going on with us. But, um, you know, it's a complicated, a complicated topic, and uh, we're just going to we're going to start going through it. Um, we're just, you know, we're going to ask some grace, whoever listens to this, that understand we're two guys throwing stuff out there, trying to make um, the listeners better, make guys better, um, and so. Um, we're going to do our best to um, to get through it. So, I don't know if you want to do any disclaimer about what we're talking about. In case, uh, in case your mom, your dad, somebody listens to it, um, you know, I, I don't know if you want to do any disclaimer out there. Uh, you know, both my parents are passed away, and I'll, I'll kind of get into that. Um, but you know, part of it is just want to make sure that I honor them uh, with the things that I say, but also be truthful. Um, and then be a good steward of our time, and uh, hopefully we'll make the biggest impact that we can across the packs. Amen on that, brother. <clears throat> so I'm going to let you set the table this week. So um, why don't you start the listeners off and kind of talk, you know, set the table what we're going to talk about today, and then um, then we'll get into your testimony. Sounds Sounds good. Um, so I think uh, one of the main things I wanted to make sure that was covered is trauma, uh, complex trauma. And I listened to you recommended that Jocko Willink uh, podcast, and they talked about Chad Wilkinson. And uh, when I hear about these, you know, the military guys breaching doors and uh, all of that, I just, I mean, I have so much respect for them. And I just think, you know, those guys, these special forces, all military, they're just, you know, a different type of human, you know, they're a different type of species, uh, but they've experienced trauma clearly, um, and there's a lot of men uh, that are listening today that have also experienced trauma, and uh, just want to talk a little bit about that and talk about kind of my story arc and uh, how F3 has impacted that, um, and so, you know, uh, one of the topics I'm going to cover and I'll get to is uh, something that one in six men have experienced that, and uh, those men, they don't want to talk about it. And um, so, you know, with that, I'll just start, you know, just grew up uh, in a house uh, with both parents were alcoholics and uh, all the things that go along with that. And I don't want to park here, but I do want to share just a little bit of it so um, that the men can uh, get an idea. Um, I've been a, a part of many groups, uh, many um uh, you, you know, counseling sessions, and in um, one of those groups I was a part of, there was men that were 30 years older than me, and I shared my story, and at the end of it, uh, the guy leading it, the counselor, said that uh, they were all going to cry themselves to sleep um, that night. And so, uh, you know, with that, just kind of the first memory that I had uh, is that I was standing up on uh, the couch, and my dad was sitting next to me, and he grabbed me by the hair and pulled my hair down, uh, my head down to the to the couch. So that was my first memory. And uh, the reason I share all these things I'm about to share is because I, I 
really ultimately want to land on God's goodness and his grace on my life. But in order to do that effectively, I believe I do have to share the truth of where I've come come from to a degree. Um, so, you know, along with that, you know, that was kind of the beginning first memory. But then for just about a decade, it was just more abuse like that. Um, most nights for hours, just getting hit, pinched, slapped, choked, kicked, you know, and uh, generally thrown around. Um, so it was just kind of a very trauma-oriented um, existence and, and very confusing. And uh, uh, I think, you know, one of the main main experiences I had that was really traumatizing uh, that is kind of the unspoken thing um, across men is just childhood sexual abuse. Um, when I was six, I was at a, a larger gathering, and I was um, in the basement uh, of this house, and there was a younger boy, uh, older boy um, than me, but, you know, younger. And, uh, I, you know, I wanted his attention. I wanted him to like me, and... Uh, he pretended that he wanted to wrestle uh, with me, and he raped me. And uh, he said to me that if I told anyone, that he would kill me. And so just wanted to make sure that I shared that today. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully you can cut, you can cut this part out, hopefully. No, um, I, I, um, no I, I, I think you're, you're being candid, and I think the listeners will appreciate that. Um, you know, when we talk about trauma, when you talk about your earliest memories, this, this is the kind of stuff that we have to put out there because, um, you know, the man you are now um, is part of your childhood is, is, is legit at this point. And so I, I just appreciate you being candid and saying, this is how I got here. Um, so I'll let you take a breath okay. and, and, and then we'll just, we'll just keep going because I... To me, if if we if if we just don't own it and say this <clears throat> this is how you ended up here, I, I think we we're doing your story a disservice, right? Um, so yeah, take a breath. Okay, when you're ready to go again, let's hit it again. All right. Okay, <laughs> so you know, with with that trauma and then just all the other violence. And, um, there was there was a lot of things that happened there, um, but you know as you can imagine I was uh, uh, an angry resentful uh, little boy after those things which is understandable very confusing uh, and uh, disorienting so you know started drinking smoking all that at around 12 years old um, and then from there that just uh, accelerated I was always in the bottom of my class. Um, I always, you know, understandably, you know, now looking back, I just slept my way through school um, and uh, just really struggled and uh, ultimately uh, moved out of the parents' house and I was moving into, lived in another house with a a bunch of guys and um, from there just really started to party and, uh, you know, smoke a lot of pot, doing what I think a lot of guys do, but maybe not to the degree that I was, uh, or that uh, the other guys that I was around was, but it, the behavior was normal, um, you know, for for the group that I was um, in. And then ultimately, 
what happened was I had sex with a married lady. I think around this time I was about 20 years old. And for some reason, I don't know why, because it's a pretty common thing for guys to do, but I had sex with a married woman, and I was just like, I'm evil. I'm, I'm bad. I, I just had this deep sense of, like, wow, that, like, somehow I crossed the line there. And um, a woman came to the door of the house and invited me to Billy Graham. And at that time, I did not know who Billy Graham was. Uh, if you don't know, he's an evangelist. Go ahead and Google him. Kind of a big-time guy. Had no idea. And I went uh, to a meeting that uh, they were holding uh, here in St. Louis. I guess this is 1999. And um, got there late. It was a Friday night. Uh, just so bizarre that I would do any of this. Um, but I got there late, and I sat at the very top step, at the very back row of a convention center. And uh, Billy Graham just shared the story about Jesus, who he is, and uh, just one thing he said just just uh, got me, and he just said, God loves you. And, you know, it hit me personally, and um, and I went down and, and prayed. And, uh, you know, from there it was a, a long walk. When I, you know, prayed, it was like, yeah, I'm a sinner. I had sex with this married lady. That's clear. Got it. And I need help. My life is a wreck. Check. Got that. And I need, you know, and I need, need help. And so prayed. And then from there, uh, life just really got kind of bizarre uh, for me and the people that I was around. You know, I started to carry a Bible and, uh, and uh, I do go all in when I go. So I uh, started carrying a Bible, reading, reading scripture, and my life just started to um, transform uh, from there. And so I uh, ended up moving back home. And uh, one of the things that, that started to happen uh, out of that is that I realized that if I read, I could learn. I just did not know. I hadn't read a full book uh, up until that point. I could read, but I, you know, um, but I hadn't read a full book until I was probably, I don't know, somewhere in that time frame, 19, 20 um, years old, and uh, just started to believe that my life could get better. Um, and so for me, it's kind of silly, but there's this, you know, St. Louis University out here um, from where kind of my mindset was, bottom of the class, St. Louis University was a challenge and a, uh, a big step for me. So went from the community college to St. Louis University and uh, studied hard. I had a lot of catching up to do and uh, um, graduated from there. And um, you know, throughout that time, I'd been going to church, uh, listening to a lot of sermons, reading a lot, and started um, our college and careers group at our church. And so I just felt the call into ministry, and I went to Fuller Seminary out in California, <clears throat> came back, and uh, started a safe house for, well, I don't know if it's a, considered a safe house for, for men, but it was... Uh, refuge, a house full of refugees, uh, homeless guys, guys come out of jail and some college students and uh, learned a lot. It was a really tough time, but also uh, an amazing time. Saw a lot of both ends of the spectrum of guys not making it and guys, guys making it. Um, and from there, the church that I was a part of had imploded. I wasn't a like a, a staff person there, but I was just kind of attached to a church, and the church imploded, and I just didn't, I didn't know where to go, what to do, and just felt like God had um, 
called me into to the business world at that point. Um, and so from there, which I took another huge leap in my mind um, at that time, is went to uh, Washington University in St. Louis, which um, is a pretty good school. Um, and um, out of their MBA program, got recruited to a financial advisory firm. And um, we thought, you know what I'm going to do now is make money. Uh, seems like that's what God wants me to do. And um, so I followed the process that they had laid out, and that's just you go door to door, make phone calls. And uh, I think in the first three and a half years, I made 250,000 um, calls. So either going door to door, literally, or on the phone and um, built the business up. Uh, and I felt like um, that I, I that um, I, I was getting bored um, after kind of things had settled down. I'd been there for six or seven years and wanted more leadership. And frankly, I wanted to see if I could lead. Um, and in St. Louis, in this organization, looking up, it was just really saturated. And I just I was like, there's no way I'm ever really going to lead here. Um, and I started um, getting phone calls, getting recruited to other firms. Meanwhile, I was volunteering in the community, started a chamber of commerce, um, and uh, started other organizations and um, volunteered over at the high school and uh, different nonprofits, which I loved, but it just wasn't really scratching the leadership itch like I felt like um, uh, I needed to see, you know, what I could do. So ultimately, uh, got recruited uh, over to another firm, and they said that I would uh, kind of the prerequisite is that I'd be branch manager day one going over there. And uh, so transitioned to this new organization and uh, kind of knew right off the bat I had made a mistake but had to make, you know, make the best of it. Uh, they hadn't told anybody that I was branch manager when I had gotten there. Um, so it was a little bizarre, and um, it was a, it was a little bit of a dumpster fire, but it was a challenge. And I, I and I was like, well, I'm really going to get to see what I'm made of here. And uh, with within 18 months, flipped the branch, uh, brought in a lot of assets, a financial advisory firm, and increased revenue by a very large amount. Like, and I'm you know, it's 39% uh, increase in revenue in 18 months. And the branch had been there for about 45 years and had never seen, um, you know, anything like that before. Um, but part of my successes, I had recruited over, uh, you know, a best friend and uh, whom I consider to be, you know, a brother in Christ and uh, godfather of my parents. And um, he became my partner at this, this new firm. And there was a lot going on there, a lot of stress, um, a culturally, uh, I think we would say a, a bullfrog out of the QSource manual. And, um, you know, I was just kind of confused in that environment because I'm just a, a grower. I want things to grow. And um, it just seemed like there was a little bit of a different uh, vibe going on there. And so uh, ultimately, um, my one of the bosses was giving me a hard time just relationally, not on the business because I was doing well there, but just relation, relationally. And um, I was confiding in my best friend about my boss, and he was telling my boss. And um, I didn't know about this until uh, a long time later, but 
Ultimately, what happened is I went to HR about my boss, and then two weeks later, I was brought into HR, and uh, they sat me down with one of the executive vice presidents, and he asked me if I'd take back what I had said about my boss. And I said, uh, that's not something I can do. I guess I'm going to have to put my money where my mouth is. And he said, you're terminated. And uh, so at that point, um, yeah, get your stuff and get out. I'd kind of known that it was, that it was coming uh, to a degree, but you really don't know what's going to happen until you live it. Um, uh, on one hand, I was prepared, and then on the other hand, it totally blindsided me. And, uh, you know, went home and told my wife, and um, she was understandably very upset, but has been incredible. And from that, we, we lost every uh, possession that we, that we had had. Um, there's a lot that goes into that story, but um, I went into arbitration with that with that firm and it, that lasted two and a half years uh, back and forth uh, spent a uh, hundred grand on uh, a lawyer and I, I do want to say this um, you know and I don't know if it fits right into the story but um, it was God's grace on my life to let me go from that firm um, I hadn't done anything terribly crazy there but I was uh, terribly prideful um, and I didn't realize that my success at that time was because of God's grace on my life. I thought it was because of me, and um, that's not a good that's not a good place to be. Um, but anyway, uh, going forward uh, in the arbitration process, uh, it was two and a half years. But when I sat down for the first hearing, it was 18 months in. When they terminated terminated me um, from the firm, they, they said the reason was is because I broke cybersecurity protocol. Um, 18 months later, when I sat down for the arbitration hearing, there was a five-page single-spaced letter from my former partner uh, documenting uh, various things that I had done, some of which I did do, uh, some of it I didn't do, um, but we had been uh, best friends for a decade. So I don't know if you've ever had a friend for a decade, but there's a lot of water under that bridge. And that was the case with uh, me and my buddy at that time. But that just, you know, I take responsibility, you know, for my behavior, but that just kind of spun me out uh, emotionally. And um, meanwhile, through all this, this time, uh, my dad, who I was estranged from, I was trying to reconcile with him. Um, but he was not really interested in reconciling. Um, so we were estranged, estranged from my family. He had passed away, um, and then I was, you know, terminated, going through this arbitration process, uh, and then my mom died all in the span of three years. Um, I do want to say with the arbitration hearing, um, after two and a half years, I um, – uh, let go of my lawyer uh, two weeks prior to the hearing uh, and defended myself uh, successfully in the ways that um, they had to take down that I was uh, essentially I was fired without cause. And um, so that disclosure that's online on broker check, go check it out. Uh, there's no, no reason for my termination, but um, didn't get any financial uh, gain out of it. But I did want to mention I had a, a friend 
you know, when you have that type of financial cliff in your life, um, in the relationships that I built, all of those were gone, all of them. It was my wife and I, our kids, and maybe a, a couple of friends uh, stuck it out with me, but the rest, everything else was gone. But uh, uh, one man came, his name's Marvin Blake. He came to that arbitration he- hearing, and he fasted and prayed um, outside the hearing. And across from me were two high-powered corporate lawyers, uh, one of their senior uh, corporate representatives, an HR person, and then, um, of course, they had a bodyguard um, outside there uh, with them. Um, but I just wanted to mention my friend who stayed out there. He prayed, he fasted, and he counseled me in between sessions in order to um, clear my name, which is really important um, to me. So I know I'm kind of jumping around here, and so I, I apologize hey, well, for that. Well, no. No, and I, I'm going to tell you, your life sounds like, um, you know, we started talking about trauma, and I was saying set the table. You're setting the table because you're basically going high-low, 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 and as the listeners are listening to this, they're probably going, they're probably seeing elements of their, in, in your life, in their own lives, right? Because I think most guys, when you get to, you know, your 40s or 50s, high-low, 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 high-low. None of us, uh, you know, we all try and want to have this easy life. We're all living, we have different scenarios than you, but we have all are going through the same things that you went through. So I, I appreciate you setting the table with, I mean, you kind of, you, I don't know how old you are, but you basically have taken us through to, now you've lost everything and you've cleared your name <laughs> and the only thing you've got, and the only thing you've got is, um, you got your faith and you got a really good wife. So I'll hand it back to you and you can start, you can take it from there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I did want to say, you know, about my wife, uh, sticking it out with me uh, through this is pretty unbelievable. Well, unbelievable. Uh, it's just uh, amazing. And she's an amazing woman um, for, for many reasons. Um, she, you know, faithful, encouraging, um, she's gone through this with me, the loss of just um, all these different things, the relationships and uh, certainly the money. That's um, not, not fun. Um, and, and she stuck it out with me and has been encouraging um, since then. And I'll, she's really impressive. She's fit. She's uh, marathon ready. Um, so she's always ready to run a marathon in training. Um, I think she's done 150K, got another one coming up. But you know, I, you mentioned her. I, I want to. This is her text to me this morning. Um, gone already. I love you. I pray your podcast goes well today. That God gives you words someone out there needs to hear to not feel alone. Uh, I'm proud of you. You've been working so hard. So uh, that's my wife. Um, yeah. So and, the and, and I, everything. Um, hey, hey, hey. We're just gonna go. Amen. God knew exactly what you needed. She sounds like a superstar. <laughs> you take it from there. Yeah, she's a she is a rock, man. Uh, so, uh, you know, from there, which is just very disoriented uh, with how things went down. Um, and uh, I had been drinking, but then my at, at that point, you know, alcohol consumption just uh, increased uh, because going through arbitration, it's really difficult to kind of imagine and start your life um, while 
while all of that's going on, dealing with the lawyers and um, everything that large corporations do. And uh, it just kind of became what what does it even matter? And uh, in some respects, I you know before I had went in and um, expressed my displeasure with my boss, I had prayed. And, uh, you know, I've heard that uh, prayer is, you know, us speaking to God and intuition is him speaking back to us. And uh, I prayed for like 36 hours and um, because the intuition was, yeah, you're going to lose your identity if you don't go in and express what you really think about your boss. Um, and, and so, um, you know, I, I felt that I was following God. And so when all this kind of unwound, my mindset was, well, you want to destroy me, you're going to have to be the one that picks me back up. And uh, I'm going to just go ahead and help you destroy me. And so that was just kind of when the drinking picked up. And um, I'm not going to say how much because some guys that are listening have drank more and some certainly uh, drank less, but uh, it was enough for me uh, to look at and say, this isn't the life um, that I want for me, uh, my wife, and, and, and my kids. And that's really kind of where F3 uh, came into play. Um, you know, the first, you know, we're talking about trauma. The first step uh, in overcoming trauma is community and relationship. And um, something I'm very aware of, I'm very process-oriented. And so I'm like, I need to, I need to get community. And so I just start building it. Um, building men's groups here and there. Um, it's kind of something that I've, um, I don't know what, what the obsessively or habitually done throughout the past 22 years. Um, and uh, so that's what happened. I was starting one at my kid's school, and somebody referred me to Rhonda um, that he might be interested. So that's why I um, reached out to Rhonda and went to that first beatdown. And um, from there, I met a guy, uh, Wolverine. Shout out to Wolverine. Love you, brother. Um, from there, I connected with Wolverine, and I was like, all right, how can I get these groups tied together, you know, the F3 group and this dad's group, and uh, brought Wolverine on a phone call. And one of the dads, great guys, all this, very normal in our culture. You know, we had, we had talked, and uh, at the end, one of the dads said, hey, let's get together. We can, you know, have a beer and just, like, continue to talk about this, see where it goes. And uh, Wolverine said, you know what, why don't we get together and uh, go to a workout at 5.30 a.m.? And uh, so uh, needless to say, none of the guys came to the beatdown, but I felt like I was given uh, a very clear choice and option about which life do I want, you know, do I want this life or that life? And I'm glad I chose, you know, um, this life, but, um, the drinking continued, um, even though I had, I was in F3, uh, going to the beatdowns, being fairly consistent, but there would be blips in kind of my workouts. I'd miss a workout cause I hadn't slept or I felt like crap. I mean, if you, you notice the difference, if you have one beer, uh, the night before a, a workout as opposed to none, um, and so I was regularly, I'd go to a beatdown, and during the circle of trust, I would say, like, guys, I'm drinking, and I, I don't want to, and it's just, it's, uh, it's too much. And, um, you know, I'd get encouraged. I'd stop for, you know, a week or 30 days or something like that, but um, nothing, you know, nothing as consistent as I want it to be. And uh, one of the topics that we talk about in our, you know, uh, 
leadership training, it's the Q source is, you know, what is your gesture? What is that thing that's holding you back from, uh, you know, real acceleration? And for me, it was just very obvious. It was the, it was the drinking. It was the alcohol. Um, I mean, I've been eating clean, working out, doing, you know, reading, journaling, counseling, everything that you can possibly do uh, really to, to improve um, but the gesture of the, the drinking was just hanging with me. So um, ultimately, uh, from there, uh, there's, an, uh, you know, there's another group. I'm a, I guess I'm a ju- uh, group uh, joiner. Um, and, um, you know, within that group, all, you, know, you just sign up and then you post, I'm not, I'm not drinking today. And, uh, and so in that, in that group, I've been a part of that group for 75 days. So I haven't drank in 75 days and feel better, uh, feel like I'm able to be a better father and uh, better, better husband um, to my wife. But, you know, as I was going through that group, I'm like, man, why, you know, I'm in F3. Why am I joining this other group or being a part of it? Um, when I'm a part of that three, I'm very, uh, I guess, engaged, involved, have a shield lock, which is just, you know, a small group of guys um, that get together that are looking to improve their lives um, together, um, you know, part of QSource, uh, you know, everything that's out there. But there, I just felt that there wasn't necessarily an avenue for me to express like, hey, uh, you know, I need help in this area, and um, but I I really want to stop, and it's not a minor thing to me. And um, so there have been some other guys out there that I had heard, and that had also expressed, um, you know, what they've overcome or what they were trying to overcome uh, as relates to their their gesture. You know, what's holding them back. And so those two guys, one was Flo. Uh, both based out of St. Louis. One is Flow, and the other one is La Gordita. And um, so just reached out to those guys, and so we started another group, which, of course, we did. And uh, the name of that group is the Jester Tamers. And so that was actually when you and I spoke, it was like, hey, if if guys need help or want to reach out after this call, I want to have a place for them to go. So that's that group, and now I think we got 12 guys in there. And it's just related to you know, what is your, what is your gesture and uh, how to overcome it. So there's guys, you know, it's gambling, it's porn, it's alcohol. Um, it's, it's all those things um, that uh, really guys don't want to talk about, but a lot of them um, are, are struggling with. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to let you take a breath there. Uh, gesture tamers to me, this is, um, it's brilliant. Like uh, we before we you know the, before you and I hit record, I was telling you um, yesterday was my day, and that was 31 years of me not drinking. You know, and I come from a long line of drinkers, right? And so um, I got a really great wife, and she's kept me on track, and I've got a bunch of good friends who keep me on track. But um, this gesture tamer is brilliant because I'm going to tell you there's been points in my life I've just changed one addiction to another addiction to another addiction to another addiction. And so this gesture tamer is guys who are really um, look, are looking to make a change. And it, I'm going to tell you, don't, there's going to be guys who can do it on their own, but most of us are going to need somebody else to hold us accountable and keep us right. And so 
I, I love your idea. Jester Tamers is like just next level F3 to me. Um, guys across the country, across the world, need a place to be held accountable. Jester Tamers is that. And it doesn't matter what the what your jester is or if your jester rotates, which, you know, I know there's guys who deal with that, that they, they binge on one thing and they binge to the next and they binge to the next. Whatever it is, Jester Tamers are, are going to here to help you. So I'll hand it back to you. If, uh, I don't know what else you want to tell the listeners about what you guys are doing on that Slack channel. Uh, so the Slack channel uh, is really just a way to come get encouraged and also resources, you know, books, um, maybe outside resources that have helped a guy or a book that's helped, encouragement, um, and that's that's really uh, what it's for. You can be as anonymous as you want to be, uh, or you can be engaged as you want to be. Um, the the choice is you know is really yours. And I know we're running out of time, but I did want to say a, you know I guess a couple more things, and that would be is one that uh, we are uh, my family we're very much still uh, in a financial valley, and uh, I just wanted to say that. I know uh, through God's grace he'll bring us out of it, but if he doesn't, uh, I'll still be, uh, you'll find me uh, worshiping him still no matter what. Um, I wanted to make that clear, and, um, and I'm just available. If there's any guys out there, anybody that wants to talk about anything, um, wants help, um, I'm, I'm available, and, um, and I think it's courageous um, to reach out and ask for, ask for help. Yeah, and why don't you um, – you got an email address you want to drop so the listeners, if they want to get a hold of you? Uh, I, is it okay if they – well, yeah. Uh, beaver.matt at gmail.com. Beaver.matt at gmail.com. Or just shoot me a message on Slack. I'm on the Nation channel. You should join that. Get in a shield lock. Do Q source. Yeah, I'm going to knuckle bump you and say all of the above. And then um, – so you, I know St. Louis has a channel. Do you have one of the nation's um, Slack channel also? Uh, no, which that would be great if, if, if that were to happen. I, I was going to say, I think I know a guy that can get you, get you started. Go make a channel. We'll get one of the nation's Slack channel today. That would be great. Yeah. Brother, I, I, first of all, I'm going to say thank you for sharing your testimony because I think the listeners need to understand uh, they're not the only ones going through this. I just appreciate you being so transparent and saying, hey, um, I took the dirt road to get here, but I'm I'm going to make every day the best I possibly can, and I'm going to be the best man I possibly can. And I just appreciate that you're going to say, and I'll help the rest of you who are struggling. Um, this gesture tamer thing is, is to me, is just next level. I, I love that you just have kind of articulated and put it all together to say, Hey, if you're struggling with something, jump on one of these channels, uh, either on St. Louis's or uh, the Nation Slack channel. We'll we'll get one of those up today, and and just making yourself available to help guys. We we know guys are struggling. I you know I uh, Double D and I used to always laugh. You get ten guys together and nobody had a prayer request in CRT. It'd be like baloney. None of you got it all figured out. You're just too weak to say that you don't have it figured out. I just appreciate you being transparent. And trying to help guys get better, man. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna shut up. 
and give you final thoughts and uh, anything you want to close us out with today. Um, wow. Let me, I do actually have something I wanted to... Can you just give me a moment here to get organized? You just take a breath. There. For the rest of them, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to consider and complain about iron packs a little bit more. And those guys are starting to get saucy on social media, so I should just complain about them. Uh, listeners can take a breath. You, uh, you said a lot right then. So, um, What else? Anything else? You, uh, you, you got your notes together? Um, really, I just want to, you know, I think to your point about about the guys and not saying anything. And um, if if you're struggling and you're not saying anything, you should know that there's guys out there, uh, one that'll help you. But more than likely, you're hiding it from yourself and not anybody else. And that the statistics about who's doing what, they don't lie. You know, who's looking at porn, the numbers are there. Who's drinking, who's drinking during the day, the numbers are there. Uh, so. Uh, if the numbers are there, they're there, and they don't lie. It, and it's okay to come forward uh, and ask for help. Uh, and I just want to encourage you to do that. And then, you know, aside from that, I just wanted to pray uh, that the guys would know uh, and experience the love that God has for them and uh, that they can have a new life. And um, I know we're not a Christian organization, uh, but if you are struggling, um, I would just encourage you, uh, to ask God to increase your faith or to ask God that uh, if you don't know that God's real, just just pray and ask him to show you and see what happens. And that's all I got. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity uh, to to share and talk. I'm honored. Yeah. And, yeah. And I am, I'm going to tell you, brother, it was great talking to you. I'm uh, I had put you on this calendar because I thought we could talk about, um, I feel like I've, you know, after 30 years, I feel like I got drink and beat. But, you know, you just reminded me that I'm, I'm still chasing things. We're all, we all got gestures. And just because you get one knocked down doesn't mean you don't have other ones. So just, um, I just appreciate you, brother. I, um, I can't say that enough. So honored to have you as a guest on the roundtable. For the rest of you, brother, have a great weekend. The rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks again. All right. Thanks.